0: gentlemen this is musicians having coffee and talking about stuff today's guest mr casey mcpherson (laughs) how's it going man you look well what's going on good man yeah you know i'm I'm
1: just got through the winter storm Ooh, you've got a fine colors cup that's awesome
0: i always start normal I know. It's, yeah. yeah, It's it's so much cooler to be minus. me than you, actually.
1: I guess so. But this morning, it certainly <laughs> is. Yeah.
0: You're looking um, good, dude. I mean, those that are listening and can't see him, if you're watching on YouTube, then you know how wonderful Casey looks this morning. Well, depends looking, on the day. Looking very fresh.
1: Yeah. Well, I did shower for you, you know, since there was going to be video
0: involved. Yeah. My brother Al last week, he was like, oh, oh this is a zoom oh what it's oh i have to look good oh wait hold on oh no oh no yeah i said oh you always look good no response yeah yeah i live out in the country you know so it's
1: uh there you know there's very few mirrors out here you know what i mean
0: is that right you know oh yeah is that because it's, of vampires and stuff or something
1: no man it's just because you know you know there's no one here to look at you <laughs> you know so you just kind of look however you looked when you woke up I guess is that know?
0: why everybody's looking so bad out in the country is that the deal? yeah that's pretty
1: much it it's like it's like it's been a while since you looked in the mirror and you're like oh crap I gotta I'm, do something about that
0: you know I'm, I'm totally kidding. But it is no. true. Like you go to New York or something, you know, walk on the streets in New York. Generally, oh, yeah. people are a little more put together yeah. than they are, you know, at the Dollar General store down here at the corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I find myself kind of going, "Oh, I've got some people to meet. Let me look at my face again and see if you know." Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. See yeah. if
1: it's groomed. You know. Right. It's like, okay. Well, maybe needs a little work. Yeah. It's yeah. but I. I imagine a lot of people during this pandemic time have noticed, have been able to stretch their boundary of, you know, you're in pajamas all day, except for your top shirt is like a business shirt for your Zooms or, you know, maybe the beard grows a little bit. looks like you got rid of yours.
0: I did. You know? Yeah, Yeah, I did. I got, I just got tired of dealing with it. It was during, actually during the transatlantic sessions halfway through, I think I just shaved it off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't particularly significant, you know, it was
1: just, we'll miss you. We'll miss you in the beard club.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it for a while, but mine's like actually like fully, fully white. Really? And so I was colored. I was, I, I was, the only way I liked to have it was, uh, if I colored it and otherwise you're kind of make looking like Gandalf. Yeah, or, a little bit. You know. Well, it was I think it was Jada years ago when I had the white beard. She made some kind of reference. It was like, you know, you look like Uncle so, I won't say who. <laughs> but man, dad, you look like Uncle so and so. I was like, "Oh, I better shave this thing off immediately." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you're single now.
1: I mean, I've been divorced for almost three years and, you know, I've got two girls, a right. seven-year-old and a five-year-old and, and, you know, hard, Divorce are always hard um, for anybody. Um, but one thing it has done for me is just make me a better dad. You know, it's, it's made me really, you know, cause I got the kids half the time. So, yeah. you know, am I going to invest in them? You know, uh, you know, you've got this this growing brain, and and their children have this immense amount of creativity, and it seems like kind of our culture stifles it because we have all of these like like super highways of kind of typical education that we 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 think is like appropriate, but you know, I see on a on a spiritual end, I see Weston having this kind of really, you know, it's pre indoctrinated, pre like this is what you're supposed to believe, and this is what everything looks like and sounds like, and you know, pre like definition, and they're like they explore in this really really creative way, and and then like music, you know, teaching her guitar and and uh, and singing, and just their their fearlessness with diving into it when, you know, working with adults, you know, if you're just getting into music or you're wanting to get into music or even you're a professional, you still deal with the critic, you know, and Neil, you've always been really great about actually your critic. You seem to have quite a bit of control over uh, because of your, uh, um, your proficiency with songwriting and, uh, but you know, that's, that's a struggle for a lot of us, other musicians and and writers. I'm sure you have it to some degree. It's just, Oh, of course I
0: I do. I definitely,
1: you know, that, 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 that fear of this isn't good enough. This isn't, I I need to throw it away. It sucks. And and children just, they don't have it yet, you know? And the the real problem
0: with that Casey, the real problem is that's already there for everyone. And so if, the first time you sneak out of your... your The turtle sticks their head out and shares. And if the first couple people who hear this thing don't happen to like it, they don't get it. It'll kill it just like that. Because it, it's already speaking to the insecurity that we all already have.
1: Yeah. You know? So yeah. It's,
0: it's kind of a dangerous thing. Because sometimes, you know, uh, there's a lot at risk there. because Because whatever... Your kids have, whatever my kids have, whatever my grandkids have, it's something that God wants to give the world, right? Like there's something needed, like something that we all need. And so I just, uh, I grieve over the the unknown losses, the things that we don't know that we lost because they didn't get developed or, or whatever, you know. But, uh,
1: yeah. And, and inevitably we're going to screw it up to our kids anyway, just on accident, you right. know, the things that we say or forgot or didn't do. And so you kind of know that that's like there at some point, your child is going to go to therapy because of something that you did and you have no idea what it is, you know, and right. like just kind of knowing like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. I can get this right. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do the do the best I can and you know and and kind of like you said, leave or you know, in many ways just leave the rest up to God. But it's it's uh it that part's been really cool, especially through the pandemic, getting to invest a lot more in them creatively has been,
0: you know, pretty awesome. So great, man. And what a yeah. what a unique, you know, that that John Mayer song about, you know, fathers be good to your daughters, you know, because it's going to shape the way that they love. They're going to love like you do. Wow. I mean. For the, sure. The, the fatherly role is so epic. The father wound is very difficult to heal even, you know, in any circumstance. You know what I mean? People, oh, that, yeah. people that carry the father wound so deeply and you can pray and pray and pray and it still seems like it comes out, you know, it's just, so what, what a great opportunity also. I mean, that's the negative side, but the, the opportunity as a father, what you're talking about is just so vast and so much fun. I want to see, father, I want to see it fathers is. having more fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a blast and going on dates and listening to oh, you know going on date pop, pop music that i would never listen to and dancing and you know like like it's just expanding my ability to have fun you know um, oh yeah has been cuz i'm such a serious guy you know i'm like i'm always so serious so it's been Weston especially
0: helps me with that you know oh dates, so that's man great. when you said that some of my greatest memories. One time we when the kids were about I don't know, Jada was maybe four and she she was full. She couldn't say her Rs yet. And <laughs> which I loved. One time we were all at Disney World like with, with another family and it was like super crowded and super hot. And at some point Sherry said, Hey, you know, you if you want to, you could just take Jada back to the pool. I'm like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> so we had this date and I we went to Macaroni Grill together, just her and I. And it was like, to this day, like for years after, Macaroni gr- Grill was our place. Like if we had ever had a time, we'd, you know, ah, oh, man, it was just, oh, yeah, a date with your little girl. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff. and it's the best. You know, and I, I find that too, like, it seems like every tragedy, every crappy thing that's ever happened to me, there's this, like, beautiful, beautiful kind of thing that came out of it that I just was not expecting, you know? <clears throat> and yeah, it's uh, just, you know, certainly the pandemic is, has done that, you know, for for me is to really allow a lot more time. And I've got a pod school running here. So I've got my kind of writing studio on one side of the house and the pod school on the other side of the house. And, um, pod school, you know, what's that?
0: What what is that pod school?
1: Like it's a teacher, you know, because all the kids are going to school at home, um, so that I can work and write, um, and do the stuff I'm doing. I have a teacher I hired that teaches uh my oldest kid as well as a couple of other families that come in. So it's like oh, but, okay. but they're still online with their, you know, ISD school. Okay. but the teacher's kind of there to like supervise and make make scheduling and all that. So that's been, you know, that's been that's been good while I while I do my zooming and writing and whatnot. Right.
0: Do your thing, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. So you are, speaking of school, um, you've mentioned a lot of times that you were homeschooled. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, and you kind of um, make, you make fun of yourself. You use that as an excuse, don't you? I, I've heard yeah, you sometimes. Yeah, I use it to pretty much out of
1: almost anything.
0: <laughs> <Right>? yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if there's some problem with the sound or in you did not understand the sound guy, you'd say, hey man, I, I'm homeschooled. So,
1: yeah. You know. Yeah. Pretty much anything that weird that I do or that I respond to it correctly i just tell people oh, sorry man i was homeschooled you know and it seems to work pretty good yeah so people just go you know, oh because, oh <laughs> and they, it's, they almost have like empathy for you if you say it, you know and it's like it's like saying you have oh, some kind of rare man.
0: disease yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah glad you made it out of that one alive
0: you know? <laughs> well hey let's talk about homeschooling for a second uh so My dad was a teacher. You know, nobody went to private school in my world when I was growing up. That was weird. Let alone Mm. homeschooling was like unheard of, I think, um, in California when I was growing up. And then, you know, I moved out here to Nashville and I became part of this church. And then um, I found, uh, Sherry was kind of suggesting that we start homeschooling the kids rather than send them to school. And I was like, what? That's really weird. But she said, well, this guy, she started naming all these people that I knew, uh, from here, mostly from the church that were really awesome and had been homeschooled. And so, and she said, well, she would look after it and we would do DVDs. And so, so we homeschool our kids. And because I was like, well, really that guy, that guy, those are awesome guys. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, and I, and I, Casey, I loved it. I mean, you could have Pried it from my cold, dead fingers. I mean, as it went. I mean, we were so free. Uh, The people that were around at the concerts and the ministry stuff that I did in Europe, you know, I could take the kids everywhere. They had their they had their workbooks and their DVDs. I remember them doing doing science in the van while as we're driving around. You know, doing a ten hour drive to the next service in you know from Austria to the north of Germany or some crazy thing mm-hmm. and, you know mm-hmm. Sherry fighting with them over the, their schoolwork but we were so free and we could be together all the time and it was wonderful and they were doing a, a thing called a Becca which was pretty seriously good they got they mm-hmm. did they did get a good education but at a certain mm-hmm. point at a certain point you know uh Sherry realized that she couldn't really school will it will was getting not only kind of t- maybe a little too smart for her, but, uh, also they were just battling each other. It was getting really rough because there was certain work that he wouldn't do. And also I saw Jada one day I walked into the room and Jada was just sitting there with headphones on by herself. And I thought, that's not her. She's so social. So we began to send our kids to one school and then the next. And I felt like the Lord led us, in a good way through the whole thing. But now they look back sadly to me, my kids look back on homeschooling as being like like they're not gonna homeschool their kids. Let's just put it that way.
1: Well, I mean,
0: I I don't know. Like
1: I, I think the the one it's a beautiful thing. It's just a social interaction that you have to figure out how to do, you know? And well, and and the brilliant you know, if you've got like really you, you know, like Will, you know, Will. So your son, Will, so smart, and and uh, you know, you, you get people that are kind of getting into the Mensa level, and you're just like, ah, uh, now you're learning things I don't even know how to like help you with, right? You know, yeah. And but I have I have fond memories. It allowed you know allowed me to 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 write to really start connecting myself as an artist. As a musician, as a songwriter, as a piano player, guitar player, whatever, and and really sh- shape this idea that that there's nothing you can't do if you're willing to put in the work to do it. And you know, it's not that's not always taught uh, broadly in school. It's more like, what do you want to be when you grow up, or or which which college are you going to, or. What classes are you taking instead of, you know, what's on your heart? You know, what's your passion, you know, what's your, what's your calling, you know? And, and homeschooling gave me that ability to really like, to, to follow that, to, to hear it and see it as something valuable to invest in. I think it's something we all really can, can struggle with, you know, and why am I unhappy? And, and I wish I could do, be doing this, but, but we've just never been given a track to like, or the encouragement to say, "Look, put in the work; you can get there,"
0: you know. You're right. And yeah. homeschooling
1: kind of helped me with that.
0: Yeah, because then you have you know? all that time to you know work on your craft and work on music. Of course, I yeah. I I took the route that okay, I was in regular school, but I just kind of won't go and I'll stay home and smoke a lot of pot and listen to a lot of progressive rock music and learn how to play it. That was uh, so. <laughs> I got the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that doesn't sound like a terrible uh, like experience. Just, in know? high school, I would just not go yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, you know? um, yeah. That's and, kind uh, of a somehow I got seventies homeschooling. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's 70s, yeah. totally, totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's so weird to me that that somehow all that stuff in a in some bizarre way worked out like god was able to redeem that whole thing and turn it into something that he could use like all yeah. all, all those years of just being a you know pretty much of a like almost total degenerate <laughs> you know <laughs> really i mean i think about how i used to live and how i was and and uh you know all, all that time just sitting around you know, doing nothing, just listening to music and, you know, just being like a stoner teenager and, uh, you know, yeah. um, I did become driven. I be, I did start when I was a teenager, I started writing a lot. I started writing my goal. Sometimes I would write, uh, you know, four songs a week, sometimes like three songs a day. I would write a lot when I was young and I'd demo them all up on this little reel to reel. And did you, st- when did you start writing?
1: Mm, i mean uh my 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 parents gave me this little organ that like had a motor in it you know go you turn it on and go and and it had like 12 buttons like these chromatic chord buttons on the left hand and then a small little keyboard on the right hand Mm. and and so you know that's where i learned the Oh, okay, I can play a melody here and I can play this chord, and then this chord sounds like it goes, which would be like the four or the five or the six minor. And, and so that that shaped, and I was probably, you know, six years old when I had that. And that shaped like, oh, this is this is a song. I'm playing a chord with one finger, and then I'm playing a melody with another finger, and then I'm changing the chord and and still playing a melody. And creating that pattern. And once that happened, you know, I was hooked. And, but, you know, being raised in the church, I didn't know how to sing about my real life. Like, it, it was so culturally, it was so detached from what was really happening inside of me. I was either singing about God or love, but I wasn't really willing to sing about what was really going on. Um, I was willing to sing about the things that I had been taught as a child and what I'm, you know, had believed
0: and, but well, not that, probably cause really that's the only it, thing that was acceptable. Right. I mean, yeah, it, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't acceptable. Yeah, being,
1: being vulnerable or anything like that was definitely not, you know, you hid, you hid all your problems or your darkness or right. your weakness and, And so you showed people this one side of you and then all this other stuff, you stuffed in a closet. So my writing was lyrically was just really uh, just like, I, I felt, you know, like I would, you know, I started getting into like Radiohead and Jeff Buckley because I'm like, Oh, these guys are being like, they're talking about this really dark, deep stuff. And I'd never heard that in the, you know, for a while, I wasn't even allowed to listen to music with drums in it because drums were, you know, from the devil. Right. And, you know, and, and so that the nineties were great for me because they really, the morose vulnerability, um, kind of swung my pendulum the other way. And, um, you know, and then honestly, when my brother and father died, that really changed my writing so much because I was just like screw everybody I am going to write like I feel I don't care anymore and then slowly my theology about about what I believed you know that was completely gone and then it slowly got built in a way that worked with tragedy yeah and joy
0: includes with it all
1: darkness and light
0: and includes it and, all yeah that's great
1: yeah yeah and, and so I needed I needed all of that gone so that I could, I could sing about how much I love this kind of intimacy with, as you call. I mean, even me, when I say God, some of the people listening on here will be like, ah, because God carries this weight, right. this this weight of like how people have treated you like crap or have like judged you or have have been stuck up around you or ex- exclusive. But I guess when I say that word creator, God, friend, father, whatever it is, um, that it to me, it's this like total unconditional love and and the ability to get through to walk through fire when it is raining down on you. Like people are dying. People are leaving you. You're getting sick. Your kids are getting sick. Just you're losing money and everything that goes on in our life, you know, and and. And that changed my writing. You know that the ability to have a spiritual path in the midst of tragedy and in the midst of hope, and be able to wrap all that together, that
0: really made me a songwriter. You know, man, that's awesome. And sorry, I went off a of tangent. No, that was that was no tangent. That was that was killer. Um, I'm so glad that you know. It seems like most of Christianity has really shifted. Uh, I know that the worlds that I, the Christian worlds that I travel in, you know, there's this concept of that, you know, uh, I think Casting Crowns has that song Christian plastic smiles or something like that. There's this idea that we don't want to do that anymore, that we want to be, that we want to be authentic. Um, and, uh, it's okay to tell about your pain and. And your struggles, because and then you can help people. I mean, I hear a lot of pastors; they give personal stories now about struggles. Before it was always well, like you had to be like the the perfect image of, uh, uh you know, like this perfect per- perfect example, you know, and um, and it's just stifling to people. It's not real, you know, and and people can sense that. And I think what people want is an authentic relationship. And how can you help somebody real, authentically if you're putting on a show yourself?
1: To be, to feel so, so accepted and loved in a way, in this really weird spiritual, psychological way, that change begins to happen in my life because I feel so loved, because I feel so accepted, because I feel so safe. And so all that fear and all that control that I need to have. And even the addiction I struggled with, you know, I'm still smoking cigarettes, but you know, free of alcohol and drug addiction that I had for so long. And, and, but so much of that was just getting rid of that, like shame, getting rid of that, like pain of like, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm a piece of crap, you know, and that, and, and I'm seeing that in my life is like, you know, I mean, Rose is a perfect example for me, you know, finding out your daughter has a rare genetic neurological disease and she could die from it and going like, uh, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't I did not sign up for this, you know, and being put in a place where I, you know, it's your kid. And so you, no matter how many of the time, like she screams uncontrollably sometimes where it just like hurts your ears and, and like the, the patience and love that I have to have for her, it's like to know that I have that sort of, someone has that sort of patience and love for me always and forever, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so empowering and it gives me the ability to love Rose the way I need to love her, you know.
0: Yeah, I watched uh, yeah, uh, I watched some of the concert uh that you just did. And if you guys get a oh, chance yeah. to chance to check out uh Casey's concert for Rose and with the that was at your church, right? With both bands, Alpha Rev and the church band, was that right? Or
1: No, so well the church has a uh it's an event center called Riverbend Center. You know, and so that's the big hall that we do, the big shows in. Like we've had Willie Nelson stuff there, you know. And oh cool. And and uh and so uh you know, that whole team, the production team was that Riverbend production team. They all donated their time. And honestly, I mean those are mostly the the alpha rev guys or two guys there that played in the band at riverbend church and everybody donated their time but yeah it was to, you know it was rare disease day and then launched my uh GoFundMe campaign for gene therapy for rose yeah. and uh it uh it you know we we raised 40 grand that weekend and it's keeps climbing and we're you know i need to get to four million right and yeah. that's so probably already- going to take me like Everybody needs to give, so, man. Everybody you know? needs
0: to give. How can they give, Casey? It's GoFundMe. Well, uh, dot com slash what? Uh, Rosie is it? Or? Takira
1: Rose. Takira yeah, Rose. Yeah, GoFundMe slash Takira
0: Rose. And
1: basically, the thing was all that. Which Neil, since you know our last tour, basically, I have been diving into biotech.
0: Yeah, I heard you talk about that. You,
1: about yeah, half an, about a half an hour
0: into that video, if you if you tune into it, you can hear Casey and see these really touching films of him and his daughter, and and hear him talking about the, this in in great detail. It's really good.
1: Well, it's crazy because it, we're just living a world now where we can create so much change, and even the. Like, we can make our own medicines if we have enough money and, you know, the right people. But even the NIH, which is something really cool, is they're doing this study on music and the brain. And mm. so the same people that are working in the rare disease neurological space are also looking at music and how it affects the brain. And because they're seeing people with like, like – Uh, dementia or uh, Parkinson's or uh, some other things that kind of affect you neurologically. And they, and a person maybe forgets how to walk or can't walk very well, or they forget how to talk, can't talk very well. And then they play certain music for them and these, these things come back for them. Yeah. And it's freaking amazing. You know, it's like, what is happening in the brain? And they're still trying to figure that out. I wrote you a know, whole. So they're spending a massive amount of money
0: around it. I wrote a whole musical about that actually, five six years ago. Some friends really? of mine came to me with this idea of writing a show about like a. It's called the Symphony of Life. It wound up being called that. They just had this idea about uh, what if we what if we had a show that take took place in an old folks' home, and have like a the main character one of the main characters be a music therapist and bringing back the memories of this, you know, some of the people and what happens when their memories come back. And uh, yeah, there's this really touching song that I wrote. called I remember you when, because part of the thing that's going on is there's this very, very cynical young man whose mother ha- can't remember him and all about those, his struggles and how angry he is. And, and then in the end through the, through the music therapy, she says, "I remember you," you know, and all it starts, and you know, it's just oh man, it's really touching. Anyway, it never, wow, it really never, cool. it's it never really got off the ground, but um, yeah, great idea, yeah, because there's so many really. Have you seen those amazing videos of like totally senile old people, and then all the music starts to bring them, you know, back to reality? So yeah, it's. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, I just have to say I'm really kind of upset with you because yeah. that song is so good. I was like, how come I, you I, that would have been a great flying color song the, uh I'm reaching out to you. Um, is, oh, help me. Yeah. I'm reaching it out. And you're, I feel it. Like, I feel like you're reaching I'm back.
1: Reaching out, yeah. And I feel you reaching back, back to, to me. me. And those are Neil. Those are near Neil, Neil lyrics right there. And it's I, was qu- pulling, I was pulling. I from Neil right there.
0: I was totally feeling that song so much, and I like you'd, you'd sing that reaching out to me, and maybe hit a higher note, and Steve could come in soaring, and we could change keys. Oh yeah. We could change keys oh, about yeah. eight times. Like about
1: five times. Yeah. yeah. Eight times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah the funny thing is is i had i had you are not alone in the set and the guys like by the time we got to rehearsal the guys were just like casey we thought the song was gonna be easy but it changes keys so many times and the guitar player you could see his anxiety about he's like do we have to play the solo i was like look let's like, look, we don't have to do that song tonight, you know. It's uh <laughs> for those of you, I still you
0: know. <laughs> for those that weren't in the room who don't know, there was th- there were three different versions of You Are Not Alone at the last writing sessions. And yeah. uh, Mike had to take a conference call and so he left the room. And
1: always a bad idea, right by the way. <laughs> you know So
0: Yeah, I was trying to I, I think all the key all the modulations in that song are all good I don't I don't get me wrong I just thought I just thought wow there's just too many and I was trying to take some out but I basically got outvoted <laughs> and, and so there I mean was... and
1: I out, I helped outvote you for some reason Pop Casey was just like like addicted to the maybe that's what it was maybe it was some sort of weird addiction to
0: key changes in that song well you know it is what it is and it's wonderful um, but if you count them up, somebody ought to count them up because I mean, I think there's there might be three or f- three modulations just in the guitar solo, I think <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great yeah. uh modulations yeah. for those who don't know is is changing keys uh and so we and then Mike came back and we then we moved on. We were in another song by the time he got back, and I don't think he listened to what we had chosen to do to later on and then was like, Hey, it was like an email. Like, Hey, what's the deal with all these key changes? (laughs) It's like, Hey, (laughs) right. I mean, if you, if, if in flying colors, what the motto is, get a coffee, lose a chorus, lose a chorus, take a conference call. You might lose a whole album. (laughs) yeah take a conference
1: call accept the key changes yeah that's
0: what it would be i was just like bro you you weren't there man that's that's the way it went
1: yeah it went off the rails
0: (laughs) you know well no i mean you know all these things become it just in in retrospect and you listen now and just go it can seem like a really passionate thing at the time (sighs) You know, sometimes on these records, it's like, oh, we'll really struggle yeah. with each other over, mm-hmm. oh, he's ruining this song and or whatever, or, you know, whatever. Or he won't let me make this song great. Can he see, can't he? can this guy hear that this is the great way to go? And somebody else is really putting their foot down that they hate it. And, you know, passions can really run high. I mean, we all really care very much about the music. I mean, and so, of course, mm-hmm. the passions run very high. But then in the, in retrospect... You know, you listen, uh, I listen now and go, oh, it's great. You know, I mean, there were things, I was talking to my brother Al last week, and there was things in the early Spock's mixes that were, I was just like, devastated, I was just destroyed. Do you, have you ever felt that way? Like, you listen to the final mix of something and you know there's no going back for whatever oh, reason. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you're so bummed, you know? Yeah, you're just
0: like, yeah. just like you just want to wear black for a month. Yeah. <laughs> just more. Yeah. The loss yeah. of your because that guitar part is just too loud, or or whatever for it is. Sure. <laughs> and then you yeah. have, you listen ten years later and go, "What was the big deal?" You know, I mean, it's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's talk I about. I
1: mean, it is funny.
0: We got to talk about Steve Morse's sense of humor. Oh, for sure. Oh man, he is the driest. Have you ever known anyone drier? Than Steve? Nope. <laughs> he no. No, I mean he gets the
1: award. I'm I'm trying to think of some of the things that that uh, that he said. Um, oh yeah, it's been a while. One of my know? favorites,
0: and one of my favorite Steve isms. Um, because he, he, here's what he does. He's he, he he's very good at saying really cutting, kind of funny stuff, but showing nothing on his face. Yeah. So nobody is even sure if he's joking at first. And then there's this pause and everybody dies laughing, right? Yeah. (laughs) He's so funny. Um, We were doing one of our first band interviews in LA. And uh, the interviewer asked, because it came down to like, well, how did this start? Well, it started because Steve and I wanted to write together. And so we got together to write. And he said, well... I wanted to write with someone who has a soul, <laughs> <laughs> right? But he shows nothing on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I know. We should write yeah. them down because I mean, there's like probably like six every. There's so many of them. Session. I was
1: looking through some emails, you know, when we were talking about the pandemic and money and things and you know he's uh steve's integrity is just so high you know yeah and that's for sure that's for it's sure. uh it's been always like kind of like now i ask myself you know what would steve do you know like like in, a, in an ethical situation you know steve is always going to take the high road
0: yeah. you know like that's for sure
1: every time and that's so unusual. I mean, I'm kind of like, if there's a rule and it makes sense, then I'll go with it. But if there's a rule and it doesn't make sense, it's really hard for me to t- to follow it. Yeah, you know, like if spoken I do spoken like a true American. It, yeah, maybe <laughs> so. You know, yeah, maybe so.
0: Oh um, yeah, Europeans, man. I've I've driven around in the middle of the night in a city with a European and. Uh, German, uh, this person was, and there's nobody in around in the town, you know, it's completely dead, it's like three in the morning or something after a gig, and there's like arrows in a parking lot of which direction you should go, and they've got to follow, they're following the arrow at three in the morning in a ghost town, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing, I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, wow, that's really different, Americans would never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rules yeah, only apply sometimes. I mean, oh, one of the things that Steve always jokes about is guitar levels. Well, oh yeah, well we can, uh, we can do all this. I can put all those guitars on there, but we know that we'll ne- no one will ever hear them. Uh, yeah, well, but I'll right, do them. Right, right. I'll, I'll play them.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, can we? Is there any way we can have somebody mix the record that that will put my guitar on the
0: album? Right. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Straight face. Oh yeah, straight face. And I'm and of course I'm thinking, are you kidding? On flying colors, the keyboards are the ones that are buried. What about the keyboards? Right.
1: right. right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking nobody can hear the vocals ever. You know, their vocals are always buried. It's so to like it's so funny, like those little things, you know, you're you're always listening and it's so it's so subconscious. You're always listening for the instrument that you played
0: and Yeah, the part you that know. you spent maybe you spent yeah. a whole day on a part that yeah. gets that get yeah. e- either buried or cut, you know. I learned yeah. on the first after the first Flying Colors album, I did a lot of keyboards. In fact, I released something to the inner circle called, you know, Flying Colors, the first album, The Lost Keyboards. Uh Michael Brower, the very famous <laughs> That's right. Mixer mixed right. it. And this was a really wild thing. He, he's, he was super expensive, of course, because he was like a big star, mixed U2 and God knows what else, and Coldplay mm-hmm. and whatnot. And mm-hmm. he's great. I mean, he's great. And they went to New York to do it, and uh, I didn't go. But I think Jerry Guidros, maybe Mike was there. But the deal I was, was there for a remember, bit. remember the deal was no revisions? I was I was so against that. I was like, absolutely not! That's insane. No revisions. I mean, we'll basically with Rich, we'll do revisions until everybody's happy. Yeah, as much yeah. as possible, anyway. You know? Yeah, but no revisions. I was like, that was insane. And of course, when yeah, I first that's... heard it, I mean, I was like, oh yeah, okay. So this guy doesn't understand that keyboards serve any purpose at all. <laughs> he took out he took out almost all the keyboards. But there's another case. Uh, when I listen to that album now, I think it sounds great. I mean what he did with your voice and your voice is the main really the main thing in Flying Colors. You know, it's well it's, it's more a, it's, it's a much sing, more you know, you put the singer. It's much you know? more about the song though than like a prog album. It's more about the instrumentation. And right. Flying Colors has prog elements and there are there are times I guess Jerry said that he was really glad he was there because he had to point out that there was like a keyboard solo thing going on. Otherwise, (laughs) it wouldn't have even been in there.
1: It would have just been like chord
0: progressions. Well, you know, a lot of mixers, you know, they'll focus on the drums and the vocals first and everything else is to support Mm -hmm. that. So that's, and that's cool. I mean, obviously the the guy's great, but I love that way that album sounds now. And I was, I didn't, I wasn't very happy with it when I first heard it because, yeah, you know, stuff was gone. And but what, a what, yeah. ma- what magic we had, you know, partic- wasn't it great to discover? I mean, we still do, of course. But you know, it's like the beginning of any relationship. I mean, I remember when you first came in. I thought of you. We were voting on singers, and I was, I was looking for somebody that could like sing really high and strong. You know, yeah. so there was some kind yeah. of like. There was like lists of rock singer, rock singers and stuff. Yeah, and but Mike was like, "Hey man, check this guy out, you know." It was, and it, it, he's kind of sounds a little bit like the Coldplay guy. This is like 2010 or something, right? So yeah, and, yeah. uh And I, I, you know, what I did, you know, I played two of the audition things or you know whatever they were videos for my wife, and she's like, "Oh, definitely, definitely, Casey." Definitely, Casey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. And so... I I need to thank her for that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I was into it, too. I was into it, too, man. I love your voice.
1: My entire label and manager and A&R guy were like,
0: do not do this. Do
1: not join this prog band. You know, like, you're going to kill your pop career. You know? Right, right, yeah. But it was the first time that I felt like I could make a decision based on pure joy, like, like pure creative, like this is going to be a blast, you know? And it was a risk, right? Because people could have had crazy egos and like, there could have been all kinds of crazy, bad things that could have happened. But Like, and then I was kind of like, I've never been in a prog band before. Am I even going to be good enough for it? You know, like, am I going to be able to hang with these guys? Like, you know, uh, musically, and I was like, am I going to get fired the first day I show up? You know, like, wow, this guy, man, he's just not even like close to, and like immediately to feel this, that's the thing you always hope for, you find in a band is that, there's not one person that's like making it happen. There's this magic that happens from an entire group, and that's a real band. And those so hard to find. I've only been in that one time, and there were a bunch of drug addicts, and you know, it just it was terrible. And but like that's like we 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 had it, and it's funny we had the same magic that we had in the first couple of days all we have to do is fly together and get into a room and it happens the same thing happens yeah it's crazy
0: yeah it is it's so it's cool it's really beautiful yeah 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 but the, just that the first blush man i mean you know, when we first started doing uh, the first song we wrote and recorded together was Kayla wasn't it
1: it was Kayla or an Infinite Fire, one of those.
0: Yeah. yeah. You had that yeah. thing in seven because you're thinking, oh, okay, yeah. it's a prog band. I need to have I gotta something. I got to bring
1: something, something in on time. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I could do seven at least, you know. But that was
0: so cool just when you started playing that and singing and we were all like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then Steve's like, well, where should we go for the chorus? It's this totally unrelated key. And we're like, wow, that's really cool. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was Peter Collins with us the whole time? The English producer, was he with us the whole time?
1: Man, you know, I feel like he came in a little bit. Like we had a couple of days to kind of be together.
0: I don't really, um, I don't, but really he don't remember. Was
1: part of our,
0: but he he was he, helping he was like make decisions, right? Yeah, he was in a yeah, lot of it for sure. And then when, what about? I want to talk to you about lyric writing because I talk. Uh, a lot in <laughs> different interviews and things about how you've changed me. As far as I li- have, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that you really examine every word, you know, it's like there'll be a line that you like, but there's one word that you're not digging, and so we'll we'll sometimes spend uh, a couple Too hours long. just just the two of us. <laughs> I know, just working on like you know one line, one word, one. You know, everything, everything in every lyric has to feel exactly right to you. The way that uh, I tend to be a little more, it's like, oh, that feels good. Oh, that's fine. Well, it doesn't really quite say what I want to say, but it's close enough. And, you know, I I kind of move in and in, I had moved in a different way. I, I It's I examine things a little more carefully now.
1: Huh. Well, I'll tell you that you're... That you know, I love our tension when we're writing lyrics. I really do because because you have like one of the things I love about you so much is your ability to not overanalyze what you're doing, and it allows that child creative creativity, that childlike creativity that's not afraid of what people are going to think to just come out. So like, you need Neil to write a song, he'll write you a song like in the next five minutes, <laughs> you know, and and it's going to be. And a lot of the time it's going to be pretty damn good, you know? And, and like we did in the, with the, when I had that, that Christmas song or Easter song or whatever that was. Right, yeah. That's right. I need a chorus or, you know, and you're like, how about this? What, or they're like, what's it about? I'll tell you, you're like, how about this, you know? And, and your ability to just tap into that and not overanalyze has affected me a lot when I'm, it keeps me from staring at a blank page and just be like, dude, just let it go. You know, just let it go and yeah. let it
0: out. I get a lot of mileage out of thinking this is just a scratch. This is a draft. Yeah. Like let's, let's put some, some stuff down. My son calls it idea vomiting. I think <laughs> you're just like, you just start. And then we'll hone it later. Like that's how he write, wrote his papers in college. He would just like, well, I'll just do like I'll just start going and then I'll go back yeah. in and and that that helps me a lot. Uh, just you know, I just try not to think about the vomit part. You know. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah cuz a lot of times the scratches wind up being better than I think. Um I remember on the Transatlantic's Whirlwind album, I was about to go to Europe for some ministry and I wanted to I I'm really pretty um, emphatic about like trying to get whatever I'm working on to a certain plateau before I go do something else And so I realized oh man, I've got this whole demo But I don't have any vocals or words on it. I want to get it So I just like one morning I th- think I wrote the entire lyric for the whole You know a thing that was like 45 minutes long at that time That morning and just just with that attitude of like well, I just need something to sing Just let's just put this here placeholder stuff well, I mean, I would say you know maybe sixty percent of that stuff wound up being on the record. You know, wound up being re- actually really good later on. You know, listen to movement. You know, that's, that's not bad actually. So I think we can surprise ourselves. I talk about I've been doing a masterclass thing. You've done a lot of those, I think, haven't you? Online classes and stuff. Well, I'm doing like
1: like kind of one-on-one production things. But one of my guys that I do a weekly class with. It's taking your master class. Oh really? I, and he oh, said, cool. Look, it's like, look, Casey, I'm not cheating on you. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you know. And uh and then I thought, Well, the master class thing is fun because you do multiple people at once, you know, and it's kind of a good energy
0: with a big group, you know. So, so well, yeah, no, he was very excited good. about it. You know, there it's all it's all good, you know. I felt like um the Lord's helped us and it helped. you know I I, I want it to be a good blessing for everybody and and yeah uh, you know but doing something that was more personal is also great too we've had the radiant schools here in the mm-hmm. studio and that's great to be, actually be together and I, so i'm listening to their songs they come in and you know we listen and talk mm-hmm. about what's working what isn't working while other people are you know sort of stationed around the studio and uh mm-hmm. that and spend a whole week together you know that's been really great too when the pandemic's over i want to do one another one of those but, yeah. uh, I guess, uh, the, one of the last things I want to talk to you about, Casey, I'm look. I made a list. Um, we got to talk about that last show in London, man, with flying colors.
1: When I almost got you're taken like, down by, you're the... like,
0: what, what, what happened? What, what happened at that show? <laughs>
1: was it when the, when the security guard almost tackled me? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. That was like one of my, I love that. That was so cool. Yeah. That was like the old days, yeah. you know? Like weird, when weird stuff, a lot more weird stuff used to happen at shows, for me anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's such a cool venue, too. Um, I'm sure it's like ages old. Shepherds you know? Bush, man. Um, yeah, what a
0: great venue.
1: But yeah, I, I, I was doing this thing where I started walking out into the crowd and kind of, you know, so much of this past record to me was so so much of it was about connection and vulnerability you know and so it felt like kind of having moments to walk into the crowd and you know be around people touch people you know now it's like wow can't even imagine doing that um
0: you know look forward to when i know we can right you know like, isn't that um, wild like you watch things yeah. on tv it's like whoa look that's when people used to like actually touch each other and stuff yeah
1: look how many people are in a room together yeah you know they're oh, all I talking know. at each other you know yeah, it's amazing
0: and but that was so cool yeah, you so know cosmic like, symphony you know that was it's so great because the here's how i see yeah, I that lyric that song, that's right it's like You know, I've been this and I've been that and I've been chained and I've been free and I've been only and here I am. Like, you know, when you come out of all these things and and uh, still searching, man, still seeking, searching for the air, pound for pound for me is like it's all going to come out fair. Yeah, that's how I see. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah, it may not feel it at the time and, and you may not get what you feel like is due and things may feel like they're weighed on the other side, but, but, but there's one thing that will never change. And that's, 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 that's change time. Things will change is inevitable, you know? And yeah, yeah. I like that. You know,
0: yeah. And then it'll come out with, uh, there's a scripture that says that, you know, God will God will, you know, deal with the nations with equity. I think it's, you know, I always think about that we can count on that God's going to do things justly, if not in the moment, in the end. That's how I, that's how I see that, you know, that um, after the whole thing. But I didn't want to get all, I didn't want to get into that necessarily. I just remember thinking how funny it was when the guys in the, was it bright green coats came up to, and Mike was about to say something. Wasn't Mike, Hey, you know, Mike would be the guy to like, Hey man, that's yeah. the singer. Yeah. hey, That's the singer. I'm man. All like
1: searching for the air. This guy's behind me getting ready to like tackle me and pick me out.
0: You know? Yeah. No they, idea. because They didn't. But that's so funny though. They didn't see that you had a microphone. And you were singing. It's like I guess at that place you're not allowed to be in the aisle during the show or something like that. So they come. the guy's
1: probably you know, He's probably high or something. You know. No, there like, was two oh, of them. shit, man. There was yeah, two, of two of them. them. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see him. You know, I was I was searching for the air. You know. I <laughs> yeah, was, you were all into. I was
0: it. right in the middle of it. Yeah. I'll tell you, brother, that was yeah. that was such a good. That was a great night. That was you. you yeah. You really gave your heart and soul that night. It, it was so powerful, mm. and uh, I remember Thanks, thinking, Neil. you know, I, you know, you play these gigs and you fly home, and I reflect. I remember reflecting on the way home, and it sounds kind of morbid, but it's, it has a really positive thing. A lot. I don't know if you ever think this, but a lot of times when I get on airplanes, I'm like, well, if this is it. It's all right. But I, yeah, I, rem- I remember thinking, if that's the last gig I ever play, that's all right. That, oh, that's cool. That's that, a good feeling. That's how you know. That's how good it was Spir- mm. spiritually and every other way. Yeah, the audience was so good. You know that. What a great mm-hmm. audience there. You know, feeling all the mm-hmm. feeling all the good vibes and the love and just the band. You know, it was the last gig of the run. So it was like so we're, we're, we're hot. We're hot to trot mm-hmm. just together, unified. Yeah. And all those, all those moments, man, you know, mm-hmm. I, speaking of cosmic symphony, one of my favorite moments is just when Steve starts playing that intro with all that delay. Oh man. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just like, it's, Oh yeah. It's
1: like the aftermath, you know, it's like a, it's like a warm blanket after you've been sick or like a, you know, like a pot cup of coffee when it's cold outside. It's, it's like that. It's, it's like,
0: I can feel finally it now. getting to I, that. I'm yeah. I'm feeling it. Just yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the, just everybody, you know, Mike and Dave and you know, the, you, the, the whole thing, man, it was, it was beautiful. I don't know if I ever told you how I felt about no. it. No. I felt no, very, it makes me feel good. I had such peace afterwards. Like, you know those gigs. Every once in a while, you have those gigs where you just everything comes together, and you feel like, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. die. I can die a happy person. You feel fulfilled, I, and that's they're I got actually to be rare. Part of that. You know, yeah, they are. lot a lot. Yeah. A lot of it's, most of the time, it's like, well, the that was good, but this could have been better, or we really messed this up, or I yeah. wasn't really feeling this, mm-hmm. or or God, what a weird audience, or or man, mm-hmm. the band just wasn't clicking, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I forgot mm-hmm. all the words. Or, you know, there's so many things. All
1: right, well, dude, I'm I'm headed to my next my my bio. I got all these, you know, like scientists and people that I'm talking to every day. Yeah,
0: what a trip, dude! Well, good luck with that, and God bless you. Thanks for thanks for getting on with me today, and thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's get together and write again soon, man. Okay, I'm in. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. See you later. Talk talk later.